0: Good evening, High School Football fans. This is High School Football America for January twelfth, 2017. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Welcome to the first show of 2017. Hope that everyone had a happy and safe holiday season. What a great 2016 it was for the sport of high school football. And over the uh, next month here or a couple of months, we're going to be celebrating with some coaches and players that uh, won state championships this past season and also get a sneak peek ahead to 2017 with the coaches that are going to be on the show. Coming up on the show tonight... Uh, we're going to have a first. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jason Negro, a good friend of ours here uh, in Southern California, head coach of St. John Bosco, finished number two in the high school football America Top fifty our national rankings created with our proprietary algorithm and jason 's going to talk about their open division championship here, quite a run to that championship, uh, knocking off three big teams here in California, starting with uh, Corona centennial, which ended up number ten in our overall rankings, uh, modern day, which uh, had been as high as number three this year in our national rankings. they avenged a an October loss to the Monarchs. Uh, they avenged that uh, defeat in October uh, by defeating uh, Mater Day, which finished number 14 overall in the national rankings this year. They beat them in the CIF Southern Section Division I championship game, and then they won the state championship their second by defeating uh, De La Salle. Impressive wins down the stretch, uh, putting St. John Bosco number two in the nation behind our mythical national champs this year. Bishop Gorman, what a season, Kenny Sanchez and company had. The Gales beating St. John Bosco back on September 9th in a battle of one versus two. Uh, Gales never look back, uh, rolling through a very tough schedule, perfect 15-0, and 0, and we hope to have Kenny Sanchez on the show next week to talk about being the unanimous national champs this year, all four of the national ranking services having Bishop Gorman at the top. But what a year it was for Bosco. Uh, two losses, uh, one to Gorman. They led at the half on that one, and then the loss to... Um, number three at the time in the land modern day and they were ahead at that uh, at the half in that one so we're going to talk to uh, head coach Jason Negro and then we're going to have some real fun Uh, we thought uh, you know we've we've been doing this show now for uh, heading toward our our sixth year and we thought why not have uh, Jason's wife on the show Carrie Negro to talk about what it's like to be the wife of a uh, football coach in America, especially a good one. Idea given to me by Trish Hoffman, my good partner here, saying we've got to talk to more women on the show. And, and Trish is kind of giggling in the background as I um, put that down on tape. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk with Jason and Kerry Negro coming up. Uh, going to talk Saint John Bosco football, and uh, we'll get a sneak peek at what 2017 should be. It should be a good one. They've got a lot coming back, including their uh, junior quarterback, who will be a senior next year, Real Mitchell, and uh, the Braves expected to be in the for a national championship next year. Another team that's going to be real good in 2017, Carmel out of Indiana, the 6A champs, 10-4 this year. They were 4-4 early in October, but went on a 6-0 run and captured the um, Indiana 6A state championship, finishing 37th overall in our national top 50. We're going to talk with John Hebert about uh, the run they had uh, this past season to get there, playing in that very tough conference there in Indianapolis. Going to bring in all of our uh, partners on the show right now, starting with Crossover. Hey, uh, coaches, get ready for 2017. Break down your game film in a much easier and cost-effective way. Get Crossover to come in and just break down your game film for you right after the game. Nobody does it like Crossover. They invented it. Get a free demo by going to Crossover.com forward slash HSFA. You can get to all of our sponsors by going to HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com and just clicking on their banner ads. Echo 1612, they are back once again with us in 2017. Echo, giving you instant replay on your sidelines, 8 seconds, after the play is completed, I'll tell you what, these guys invented it. There's a lot of imitators out there. Uh, you, you know, when you're first to the table, that's what's going to happen. But the guys at Echo are awesome. Check them out at Echo1612.com. And check out uh, the Southern Sport folks who put together, make, In America, the TDI Razor, the Debris Inhibitor Razor, keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes by getting the TDI Razor. Use the special code HSFA when you go to the website to make your order. The website is TDI Razor with a U, TDI Razor, R-A-Z-U-R.com. 20 great colors, you can get your logo on there, Uh, really spiffies up. Uh, The look of the uniform. Also brought to you tonight by ScoreStream, the good folks at ScoreStream throughout 2016, providing you with up to the minute scores from around the nation on our live scoreboard, state by state, top 25 and all Uh, good folks at ScoreStream. What's great about them, and it's not just a football app, you can get the app downloaded at iTunes or Google Play, and then you can go to your favorite team's game and score along. Basketball, baseball, doesn't matter, soccer, You can do that. You can learn more by going to scorestream.com. And brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2017, USA Today High School Sports and High School Football America teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at USA Today HSS. Well, we mentioned the uh, national rankings a little bit earlier, uh, built with our proprietary algorithm system. Uh, We put it out on uh, Christmas Eve. This is our first show of uh, 2017, and we thought we'd take a a real quick run through the uh, top 25 and salute some of the teams that had outstanding seasons. We've already mentioned uh, Bishop Gorman and what a fine season they had uh, in 2016 and then uh, followed right up behind them at number two with uh, St. John Bosco out of Southern California and uh, just a fantastic year for all of these teams in the top 25. Uh, IMG Academy out of Florida not able to play for a, a state title in the state of Florida but they finished number three overall. The number four team, the number one public team in America is Grayson High School, Grayson in uh, in Georgia outside of Atlanta, and uh, they finished number four. They're only lost this year coming at the hands of IMG Academy, uh, so a fine year for the Rams. Number five, DeMatha out of um, Maryland and uh, Elijah Brooks, who was on the show uh, at the end of last year, talking about the uh, Washington Catholic Athletic Conference Championship, their fourth straight. Uh, Great job there, and uh, DeMatha is always going to be good, so look for big things out of them in 2017. Overall, in the top 25 this year, uh, we had 29 public schools uh, versus 21 private schools. A lot of people, of course, uh, debating uh, you know, what? what is going on, you know, uh, too many private schools, uh, winning state championships, getting that national notoriety, all those things being said. And well, at the end of the day, 29 of the top 50 teams uh, being public school teams being led by Grayson. So, uh, you know, uh, for all you people out there, uh, the numbers don't lie. And we understand that some of the bigger, uh, you know, uh, divisions are being dominated by the private schools, but our uh, algorithm says there are some darn good public schools out there, beginning with Grayson. Number six, is. we'll go through the top 25, St. Thomas Aquinas out of Florida. Uh, a couple of losses they finished up in the uh, Geico State Champions Bowl with an impressive win over Bingham out of Utah. Uh, final game of the season there, a couple of days before Christmas. Number seven out of Texas, Lake Travis, 15 and one, rolling to the uh, Class 6A Division I Championship in the state of Texas. Wonderful year for St. Joseph's Prep out of Philadelphia. They finished number eight uh, win the uh, Pennsylvania Class 6A state championship this year. We uh, worked with Gabe Infante to bring uh, the Hawks out here. I got to see them firsthand in their season opener um, uh, out here in, in Southern California in the Honor Bowl at uh, Mission Viejo as they, uh, they really behind uh, DeAndre Swift, who's heading to Georgia. Uh, just put a hurtin' on Oaks Christian, one of the good teams out here in Southern California. So congrats to uh, Gabe Infante, uh, head coach uh, at St. Joseph's Prep, number eight overall, number nine out of Kentucky. Trinity, the uh, Shamrocks winning the 6A title there, and we announced earlier this week uh, that uh, Trinity will have a big opener next year as they will take on Carmel out of Indiana, a battle of 6A champs there between Indiana and Kentucky. And again, John uh, Hebert coming up on the show in just a little bit. That uh, that announcement on the schedule was made the day after we taped the interview, but uh, you're going to hear that uh, the Greyhounds have a lot of talent coming back. We know that Trinity's good, winning their 24th overall state football championship in the state of Kentucky last year. Mentioned that number 10 was Corona Centennial. Expect the Huskies to be good again. Tanner McKee, their quarterback, is back, and Matt Logan runs one of the best offenses in the country. And you're going to hear Jason Negro from St. John Bosco talk about how good Southern California Football's going to be next year because modern day is going to be in the mix too with uh, JT Daniels their uh, top flight quarterback coming back for his junior year number 11 Roswell, the uh, Hornets, out of Georgia, runner-ups in Class 7A, and uh, earlier this week they uh, they lost their head coach, John Ford, moving on to Buford uh, to uh, to coach Buford there. But uh, Ford doing a wonderful job with Roswell, a program that was down uh, over the last two years, 28 and two, two state runner-up finishes. for the Hornets from Roswell outside of Atlanta. Number 12, DeSoto, the Eagles from Texas, uh, the Class 6A Division II champs. 13, uh, American Heritage, the uh, Patriots from Plantation, Florida. Perfect season this year and another 5A championship for the Pats. Number 14, Modern Day. We mentioned them earlier. Uh, What a year it's going to be when we uh, release the uh, preseason 2017 rankings. Don't be surprised if those three teams from Southern California aren't in the top 10. It's not because we're based out here. These are good football teams. Speaking of good football teams, Cast Tech from Michigan, number 15 in the final High School Football America top 25. Uh, Again, for those of you not familiar, we've been doing our national rankings since 2012 and beginning in 2013. Uh, We, uh, for four years now, have used a proprietary algorithm, which quite honestly, I'm, I'm bragging, but I think it's the best in the country. We've had some coaches say, Boy, you guys tend to spot people uh, way ahead of the, uh, the other rankings that are out there, and the opinion polls are just that. They're people's opinions. And uh, when it comes to uh, high school football, we like to try and take the opinion out of it because, uh, as they say, everyone has one. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Number 16, the Woodlands, the Highlanders out of Texas, runner-ups uh, to uh, Lake Travis finishes number 16. The Allen Eagles from Texas, number 17. Great year for the uh, Buccaneers from Hoover, number 18. We had uh, Josh Niblett on the show before 2016 closed out. Another team I got to see in their season opener, finishing number 19. And uh, a state championship in Group 4, non-public in New Jersey, St. Joseph's Regional out of Montvale. They finished number 19 right behind them. Uh, that same area, it's... Uh, Paramus Catholic, and I think I said St. Joseph Regional won the, uh, the the Group 4 Championship. Actually, it was Group 3 for them. Paramus Catholic winning the uh, Group 4 Championship. Uh, we had Dan Sabella on the show earlier. Uh, well, not this year. Or last year, in 2016. You can listen to all of our past shows. We've done over 150 of a, a who's who of high school football coaches and players and programs by going to HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com, clicking on audio. You'll see a complete archive there. It's all free for you. Rounding out the t- Top 25, LaSalle, three-time state champs out of the state of Ohio in Division II. We're going to have their head coach coming up uh, later on this month talking about that championship. What a run by St. Xavier out of Cincinnati. They finished number 22, opened the season by being shut out and pretty handily shut out by uh, St. John Bosco, the number 2 team, but uh, quite a roll at the end of the season. They finished with a 10-5 record. Uh, but number 22 overall as they won the Division I championship in the state of Ohio. Number 23, Saguaro the Sabercats out of Arizona had Jason Mons on the show at the end of last year talking about uh, their terrific undefeated season. Out of Louisiana at number 24 is Edna Carr and uh, number 25 rounding out the top 25 uh, state champs in the state of South Carolina, South Point as they finish 14-1 and and number 25 overall. Again, you can check out all of our rankings by going to HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Uh, coming up uh, in the next uh, week or so, we're going to be releasing our uh, our medium school and our small school top 25s. We've already done a public and private. They can check out there. The media polls in. Uh, that was uh, captured uh, quite handily, easily by Bishop Gorman. A perfect run, number one in all four of the ranking services. And uh, also coming up, we'll have our National Player of the Year announcement, our National uh, Coach of the Year announcement, and our All-America teams coming up over the next uh, seven to ten days so keep coming back to highschoolfootballamerica.com for that follow us when we're not on the air by checking us out on twitter our handle is hsfbamerica you can also find us on facebook instagram all of those cool social media sites as we uh, keep you updated throughout the 2017 offseason. National Letter of Intent signing day, the big day coming up on February the 1st. So we'll have lots of news on that leading up to that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be begin previewing, like I said, uh, with the coaches that are on the show tonight. A look ahead to uh, 2017, because uh, some of these teams already back in the weight room uh, and, and working hard to, toward 2017. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, after hearing from our sponsors, we're going to talk with Jason Negro, head coach at St. John Bosco. You're listening to High School Football America, America's premier high school sports talk show year-round. instant replays on a high school football sideline seriously yes the future is here with echo 1612's instant replay sideline system Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today this NFHS approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet coaches You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current, booth, and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or Internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70 percent nylon and 30 percent spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra Bigfoot, Extra Large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi all SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razer, spelled with a U, at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest Advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again... 2016 and now in 2017 High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up for great high school football coverage nationally and specifically here from Southern California. Check them out at USA Today usatodayhss.com Well, speaking of 2016 the first show here in 2017 looks back at some teams that had very, very special runs uh, during the 2016 season and our good friend Jason Negro, the head coach at St. John Bosco here in Bellflower, California, uh, is on the line right now, finishing number two in our national rankings created with our proprietary algorithm. Uh, what a season they had. Only two losses uh, coming at the hands of number one, Bishop Gorman, who they led at the half in modern day, and they avenged that uh, that loss in the uh, CIF Southern Section Division I championship game. And Jason's on the line to talk about an open division championship, uh, a wonderful game, uh, maybe a perfect game in, in the uh, sense of what they did against the Spartans from De La and Jason's here to talk about that and a lot of other things, and a peek ahead to 2017. Welcome to the show, Jason.
1: Hey Jeff, how are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and Happy New Year! And uh, what a what a Christmas present uh, you got from the boys there—a state championship, uh, second <laughs> time, and a very impressive performance. And now that you've had, I guess, three weeks or so to to kind of digest that, and a lot of people talking about how well you were playing at the end of the season. Kind of what what are your thoughts, thinking back on that game and the prior game against Modern Day, and how well the team was playing at the end?
1: Well, you know, I think that the important thing to know is the fact that you know, as every coach, you want to peak at the right time. And we certainly were starting to peak, you know, in the playoffs. And I think that's when we were playing our best football, you know, early in the year we had to overcome a bunch of injuries, like a lot of people, but we had to overcome injuries and we had to play some pretty tough opponents. And we lost the game to Gorman, as you know, and, and, and fell to modern day by five points in the league. And then, you know, we just had to continue to believe in the process and continue to work hard. And, and we knew if we were able to peak at the right time, you know, against the right opponents, we would have a chance at winning this whole thing. And I think that's what our kids, you know, were able to accomplish. And that's what I'm most proud of is the fact that they stayed the course. They believed in what we were trying to accomplish. They understood it was a process. And by the time we got through Centennial, through modern day, and then we had to play De La Salle, I mean, that's probably one of the the, the most difficult things that anybody had to do across the country is to play those three opponents in a row. Um, and for us to win the way that we did was quite impressive by our our program.
0: Yeah, no, you were you were uh, playing uh, pedal to the metal at the end there. And I ask you this at Angel Stadium after you beat Modern Day and all that. Uh, not that you ever want to lose, obviously, but losing, you know, after having halftime leads against Gorman and against Modern Day, um, how much did that help you? And 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 kind of focus the kids on on the, the that word finish.
1: You know, psychologically, it was big because if we were to, you know, have another lead and lose it, you know, like we did against Gorman or again, modern day, you know, I don't know if we could have picked ourselves up off the floor from that. And it would have made for an extremely long off season. But I think the way we were able to finish and the way that our kids were able to perform, you know, under those circumstances, Anaheim Stadium you know, big game, modern day was ranked one or two in the country at the time. You know, and for us to play the way we did and to beat him as soundly as we did, you know, was really good for our psyche and I think it propelled us into that state game against De La Salle.
0: One of the things that jumped out in the in the stretch run was your run game, especially against Motter Day and then De La Salle. And I remember talking to you after the game at Angel Stadium and said, I, I, I don't know if you noticed we put uh, Wyatt Davis in there at guard. <laughs> how, <laughs> yes, we all did <laughs> in the press box. Yeah. But how impressive was he with that shift? And what? How, how did that all kind of come about? Where did you get the idea? And, and what did you think of that performance?
1: You know, I, first of all, his performance was unbelievable. I mean, you know, we knew we had had probably. Be, you know, maybe one of the best offensive linemen in the country. You know, at our disposal, and you know, we came to the idea actually after the first modern day game, after we played them and and saw how they handled us up front. You know, with the nose guard and the two inside backers, we thought thought, man, if 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 we could just handle those three guys you know, in their odd front defense, and we would, you know, have an opportunity to be successful. So right from that point moving forward, you know, we started playing around and moving Wyatt on the inside, and we had practiced it for, you know, four or five weeks, thinking, okay, if we ever have an opportunity to get lucky enough to face modern day again, it would, we knew it was going to be in the finals, and we knew we'd be prepared by putting Wyatt down in the guard and putting the tackle out there because we felt that our tackles would be able to handle their DNs, which they were able to do. So we had planned it. Um, obviously from that first modern day game, you know, as a staff, we kind of collectively thought about what can we do to kind of neutralize what modern day does up front. And if we were able to accomplish that and have everybody healthy at the right time, we would have a chance. And it, and, and by doing that, I was going to keep JT Daniels on the sidelines and, we we're able to run the ball 62 times, which I think we we're able to accomplish our goal. Yeah,
0: in, in a big way. Jason Negro on the line talking St. John Bosco football here at the start of 2017. Number two in our overall rankings at the end of the season. They began number one and uh, uh, except for those couple of losses there, who knows? I, I said to Jason at the end, uh, <laughs> the algorithm is what it is, but uh, quite honestly yep. if, if it was an opinion poll it'd be interesting to see where I yeah. fell on that and I, I think by saying that yeah. you know what I mean But uh, and, 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 sure. and obviously Obviously, you know, the, the, the numbers, like you just said, the number of run plays, the, the yardage picked up uh, mm-hmm. down the stretch there. But really, um, you know me, I, I like those guys up front. Let's talk about, aside yep. from Wyatt, who's going to Ohio State, how you felt that group, you know, kind of uh, came together and, and how it was playing at the end of the year and get their names in there so that listeners know who they were.
1: You know, they they came together extremely well, and that was the thing that we knew we had a pretty good group up front. So when we went through the spring and got through the summer, we knew we had a pretty good group. But then all of a sudden, you know, like most schools, we had an injury here and an injury there, and then the guy couldn't play this week or that week. And by the time that we got to, like, the 11th week of the season, which was the opening round of the playoffs, you know, we had started like, you know, nine or 10 different offensive linemen uh, combinations. And that's really difficult to do, especially with the first year starting quarterback in Real, you know, and and for us to be able to try to accomplish what we wanted to offensively, it was very difficult having to have that much inconsistency with our starting offensive line. But by the time we got to game 11, 12, and then 13, we were able to now, you know, get some guys in there that had been played and and meshed and gelled together and to beat a Moe you know, we moved him to center, so he was able to, you know, really do a good job there. Maris Talibau, was our right tackle, did a great job for us. He was extremely, you know, um, talented as a sophomore. And then Kevin Koblenz is our junior. He's the one that took Wyatt's spot at the left tackle, which allowed us to move Wyatt down to guard. So, you know, we had... Uh, for the most part, three underclassmen and two seniors with Wyatt and Taw, and, and you know, we rotated probably six or seven guys in the entire stretch run, and we were able to really lean on people. We were a big group. They were physical, and by that time of the season, they were so well-conditioned, we were able to speed up our tempo, and those guys played, you know, obviously very well, and I'm a firm believer if you're going to win games in December, you have to be good up front, and that's exactly what we were.
0: That's for sure. And you mentioned uh, Junior Real Mitchell, and uh, a lot of times uh, I came over and that was the question I was being asked by our partners at USA Today. Talk about Real. How's he developing? How's he following up on Josh Rosen and and, and Quentin Davis and all that? And you said, Jeff, we're fine. He's he's right where he should be. Well, by the end of the season, I think you had him exactly where you wanted to be. Tell us a little bit about his progression and how happy you were with it.
1: I think he progressed as – is but to the best of his ability that we fully expected all the way through. Again, from the off season into the spring, summer, passing league, fall camp, and then into the season, he progressed extremely well, and, and we knew he was going to. People just had to have patience, and I think you know ultimately when you get to a level to where our program is, and you have guys like Quentin Davis or, or Josh Rosen that have been in your program. You know, people on the outside have expectations on mm-hmm. what your offense should look like or what your quarterback should look like. Well, you know, we have to as coaches, be able to be a little bit versatile on how we play call or how we develop young young guys at that position and, and Real is not Quentin Davis; he is not Josh Rosen. he's his own guy, and he's got his own skill set. So what our job was to do is to try to you know continue to progress that skill set to where we were going to be able to win games in, you know down the road. Um and progress his, his career as he was moving forward in it. And I think he understood that, and we stayed patient with him. And I think that, you know, sometimes our fan base wasn't <laughs> as patient, but, um, you know, for him and for us to be able to stay the course, it showed to our team that we honestly, as a coaching staff, believe in the process as well, and we're going to have faith in our guys. And, and Real was able to, you know, accomplish a lot, you know, as a junior quarterback, and we're extremely excited to have him back next year. And I think by the time you know, the modern day game finished and the De La Salle game finished, people realized he is one of the top quarterbacks coming back in the country and you know he's going to be
0: talked with some of the best ones out there. Yeah, everybody uh, at Bosco is happy. Uh, the, the opponents, not so much. <laughs> <Real> has, <laughs> as one more season, talking with Jason Negro tonight. Saint John Bosco football's front and center here right now, and coming up in a couple of seconds here, I'm going to ask Coach about a real fun segment coming up. I'm going to have his wife on the show, Carrie Negro, to talk about <laughs> being the wife of a of a big time high school yeah. <laughs> football coach, which is fun. But before we get to that, uh, you know, obviously the offensive line, the the whole offense played so well, but they say defense wins championships. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about uh, your defense and and what role they played in this uh, the 2016 championship.
1: You know that group was probably the most impressive if you to really take a look at it and you know um, what they had to accomplish and what they had to do you know starting with my staff and how versatile that we had to play you know as a defense you know, I mentioned it back in 2013, and then now again in 2016, we had to play three probably of the most difficult opponents in a row, and all three opponents were, are, are, were a lot different than, than each other. So, you know, we had to go Corona Centennial, who may have the best offense in the country, and we had to defeat them. And then we had to go play modern day. Who had arguably, you know, the best sophomore quarterback in the country, you know, with, with JT Daniels and all those wide receivers and, and they're scoring 50 something points a game. And then we had to go into De La Salle and run right against a split back beer, which not a lot of people can do. And they probably do it better than anybody in the history of the game. So for us to be able to adjust and to adapt and do the things that we did defensively with the personnel that we had really the credit goes out to those young men and, and what they were able to accomplish and the commitment that they made each and every week to get better. The staff did a great job and ultimately the, the scout team that, that we had, you know, our young kids that came up and participated in the playoffs, all those guys deserve, deserve a lot of credit because for us to be able to hold down and get the crucial stops that we needed to against Centennial, modern Day, and De La Salle in order to win a game and to get the ball back to our offense was certainly remarkable. And I I'm really proud of, of my guys and, Uh, both the players and the coaches and the scout group for, for, you know, the run that they had that last six weeks of the season was pretty impressive um, by those guys. And I'm super happy and fortunate to have them.
0: Yeah, and uh, teamwork uh, on the field, in the locker room, uh, scout team, all that stuff. And then, how about teamwork at home? Is I'm going to shift up here a little bit. I've never had a woman on the show until, uh, well, Trish. Uh, she's been on the show, but uh, uh, no <laughs> yeah. wife of a no, coach. I was going, hey, don't, don't, don't,
1: don't miss out on her. There,
0: yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I already got my Christmas gift, but I better. I better start working on Santa's list here for 2017. But anyway, Gary, your your wife is going to come on. She's a middle school teacher. Uh, she's been by your side. You guys dated uh, started dating at a young age Uh, I don't know if she knew what she was signing up for but we're going to talk to her a little bit about being a a, a coach's wife and before we get to that I kind of want to get your take on how important and I I, I know it's important but I want your own words on how important is it to have that support at home especially when you've got two daughters in the mix it's not just you and her you got you got a family you're dealing with tell us about the role of of Carrie and, and wives in general in high school football
1: you know, I think the most important thing is that you got to find somebody that's going to understand what you're trying to accomplish and what, what you're doing. And, and it's extremely difficult for them because you spend so much time, especially during the season, um, you know, not, you know, not with them and, you know, and you, and when you have kids are involved, you know, you have to take a look at, um, you know, you got to trust the person at home. And, and I certainly, you know, trust that she's going to do a great job and, and, and raising help raise our two girls. And it's very important time of their lives right now, but, you know, ultimately with the football coach, you know, you see it so many times guys are having to walk away from the game because they don't have the support at home or they need to spend more time at home. You know, I'm extremely fortunate to have Carrie and, and what she's able to do, you know, for me and how much support she gives me and allows me uh, the freedoms uh, to be able to do what I love. And that's to coach football and, and to mentor young men. And, and if I wouldn't have her at home,
0: there's no way I could do what I do. Yeah, and uh, we're going to have some fun with her. I've already taped the interview. I'm not going to give it away, but uh, like I said to you before, <laughs> we started taping our interview. Hopefully, you're still my friend after this because I I dug deep on some <laughs> on some of the stuff away from the the, the football field. But uh, before we let you go, Jason, let's uh, let's uh, turn our attention to 2017. Mm-hmm. You've already mentioned some of the kids you haven't come coming back, along with uh, starting with Real and all that. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. must be excited. Give us a little sneak peek, a snapshot, and what you're going to work on in the off season and what 2017. Could look like for the Braves? You know, I think
1: we can have a successful year. I mean, I'm, I think we've built a program here that's been consistent, you know, over the last, what, you know, I've been here for seven years, you know, we, the last six of which, you know, we've been really competitive. And, and I think that we're going to continue that in 2017 as well. The, the one thing is, is I think we've created a culture here that our kids understand, you know, what it's going to take to play the great opponents and against the great you know, programs that we're going to have to play against. And the kids are going to, you know, make a commitment to the weight room in the off season. And we're going to work on our speed development. That's something that we do a really good job of because we can obviously run and we're usually pretty big and physical. So we're going to continue to work on that and tweak the program a little bit to try to find ways to get better, just like everybody does at this time of the year. Um, You know, I have a really good consistent staff and everybody should be back next year, Um, you know, which is great for a head coach to know that you have some consistency there and the kids know you know, that the coaches are going to be there as well, kind of fighting for the same goal. And, you know, we're going to have a target on our backs, and we're going to be looking at, obviously, the team to beat coming up. Um, We certainly know that the Corona Centennials and the modern days and the rest of the teams in our league are going to be out there. So I think we could be, you know, fairly competitive. Uh, We're going to have a non-league schedule that's going to be um one of the best in the country again, so we're going to have to play some really good programs and and that's great it 's what our kids thrive on it's the culture that we have built here, and we want to continue it for a long period of time and uh, I really like being here at St John Bosco High School. I think that you know we're at a gold mine here in the southern section of of in Southern california, and it's great and as long as we can continue to stay focused and continue to stay hungry. Um, we can win for a long time. And, and that's what um, the commitment that I'm going to make to this program and the, hopefully the kids are going to make to us.
0: Yeah, and the, and the last thing, as you were talking there, just came to my mind is, uh, you know, with JT Daniels coming back as a junior, mm-hmm. obviously what you guys have, Centennial's got a lot, you know, Tanner McKee's coming back. and all, I mean, literally those three teams could be in the top five at the beginning of the year. I mean, just put that into focus for people on on how good the football could be out here in 2017.
1: You know, I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, and those teams continue to get better and better and better. And as we continue, you know, to progress our programs, everybody is kind of making the bar go higher and higher and higher. And I think that you saw how you know competitive our our league has been, and the opponents that we have to play are, you know, modern day. Obviously, um, I I believe they're going to you know play a national schedule next year, and they're playing a couple teams from out of state. We certainly do it. Centennial took. IMG to the ropes and IMG had a win by a two point conversion. And we were able to beat those guys in the semis and that's our semifinal,
0: mm-hmm. And then, and
1: that's two games prior to even winning a state title. So it just shows you how difficult it is uh, to win a state title in California. It's probably maybe the most difficult, you know, playoff bracket without question in the country to have to go from Centennial to modern day and then go play De La Salle up in Sacramento, um, which is a road trip for us. Cause our state's so large, you know, that that's a tough, task to have at hand and anybody that's able to do it you know whether it's us or or centennial certainly has done it in the past or modern day you know potentially in the future it's just very very difficult to have to do and you need to play really good football and we got great coaches out here all those programs have really really good coaches and they have really good players and great fan bases and you know we may not get the crowds that they get in texas and so on and so other places but I tell you what, I would match our football up against anybody in the country, at least from a consistent standpoint. It's not you play one great team, and that's all you play the entire year. You know, we're having to do it against four and five, maybe even six teams each year, and having to play them twice. You Mm -hmm. know, not only we have to play modern day, but we had to play them twice to win a CIF title, and then we had to play De La Salle, and we had to play Centennial. So, it's it's difficult to do, and um, you know, but that's the reason why kids come to our school, because they want that opportunity, and they want to be competitors, and that's the right environment that I want to be in because if you're going to do it, you might as well do it against the best.
0: Yeah, I've enjoyed four years out here, and I've eaten a lot of crow. Uh, it is it is good quality <laughs> football here in Southern California. I've got one unfair question for you here, but you you know we're we're good friends. But here, would you like sure. to have played Bosco, or yeah, would Bosco would like to have played Gorman at the end of the year one more time?
1: Oh, without question. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, without question. I mean, I wish you know I told Kenny that too. I was like, man. He sent me a congratulatory text after after we had won it all. And and it was really cool to hear from him. But, you know, and Kennedy's a competitor as well. I mean, I would love to be able to play them at this time of the year, and he would love to be able to play us. And I tell you what, it would probably be one of the most, you know, most anticipated, highly watched, highly, you know, (laughs) attended games, you know, out there. But unfortunately, you know, we didn't have that. They took care of business back in in September and and they were able to, to beat us and and rightfully so they're, they're the number one team in the country because they were able to prove it on the field. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, you look at Clemson last night. They lost, they lost a pit, I believe, during yep. the season. Yep. And then, you know, certainly they had an opportunity to go through the playoff. We didn't get that chance. So, had we had had that chance, who knows how the the national rankings would have would have played out? But the way the system works now, and it's all mythical, as you know, mm-hmm. um, and algorithms and, and mythical people making you know <laughs> making guesses on how people would do. You got to give them credit. They were undefeated on the field. They beat St. Thomas Aquinas. They beat Kahuku. They beat St. John Bosco. Uh, How can you argue with them? So, um, you know, I I really respect their program and what they're doing, but I'll tell you what, if Kenny wants to play, we would love to be able to go and schedule a game somewhere. Uh, We'll
0: show up. Uh, You know, maybe somewhere between Vegas and Southern California out there in the desert we'll we'll have a little pickup game. But Jason, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Thanks for your friendship. Really looking forward to to 2017 and uh, uh, looking forward to having your wife coming on the show here in a second. I think uh, there's going to be some people that are going to get an interesting look at the the other side of uh coach negro
1: <laughs> yeah that's great you know i mean i like you said it, it, it's great to have a wife and and hopefully she's going to add some insight and maybe some of the other coaches wives are going to be able to see it but i've got one of the best out there and she certainly um allows me the, the freedoms and, you know and the flexibility to do what i need to do and and you know like i said earlier i wouldn't be able to do this without somebody supportive at home and and, and i've got two great girls and and she does a
0: great job with them so Enjoy the time with her. I'm sure she'll add something to your program. She definitely will. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Gary Negro, that and more. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches... You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current, booth, and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or Internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass-playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The debris inhibitor razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra Bigfoot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport, Inc., created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. Advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a kcom forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, USA Today High School Sports and High School Football America teaming up to give you great national high school sports coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. All right. Well, uh, this show's been on for uh, five and a half years, and I get to do something for the first time in five and a half years. I mentioned it as we went into the break there with the Jason Negro, the head coach at St. Saint- John Bosco. We are going to have the woman behind the man uh, come on the show here. We've never had the wife of a head football coach on High School Football America, and uh, it's my pleasure to bring in Carrie Negro. Uh, Jason already knows how much I I think about him as a head coach and just a leader of young men, and uh, as I always say to him, it's it's just like myself. Trish is behind me. There's somebody great behind the guys, and uh, Carrie is going to join us here to talk about what it's like to be A high school football coach's wife. Welcome to the show, Carrie. (laughs)
2: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be the first guest that you've taken this interview with. Yeah, so there, there's... That's l- amazing. Thank yeah, you.
0: I, we, we don't have, like, a going-away prize. You remember on the game shows they used to have, <laughs> Like, we don't have rice-a-roni or anything, but, you know... Oh, I
2: would <laughs> love it. I am not the best cook, as Jason can tell you, and our time is pretty out of control. So I would love a lifetime of rice-a-roni if you had it,
0: so... <laughs> okay, we'll work on that. And, and, and as I've told yeah, you, Yeah, so I you would get,
2: appreciate it. We're
0: going to get you guys down here to Laguna Beach, and we're going to cook for you and have some fun. But let's... um. I really am looking forward to doing this. And, and you know, I, I think the Thank most you. simple question to start with, and then we'll kind of expand it from there, is, you know, I know that John Q. Public doesn't understand what it's like to be a high school football coach's <laughs> wife. Uh, can you describe right. it, what it's like, I, I, you know, time-wise, dedication? I mean, you got teamwork on the field, you've got it in the locker room, but you also have to have it at home. So explain it to the listeners.
2: Well, our goal at home between the girls and myself is just to make it as easy on Jason as possible. We know that the time commitment for his team is astronomical. And truly, it's something that people don't understand. If people ask me, what does your husband do for a living? I'm like, oh, he's a high school football coach. Oh, and they think it's you know fun or exciting or cute. It's a little hobby or something like that. But they really don't understand that it is a... 24-7 commitment it is a year-long commitment and it's something that as a family we have to commit to as well because he and I are our own team and we have to make sure that once the season starts we kind of joke around or I joke he doesn't think it's too funny but I <laughs> joke around in July that we basically say goodbye <laughs> goodbye good luck and I got it from here and we'll meet back at the end in December, and you know, just kind of leave each other notes and some texts and make sure you're here at the girl's thing on this time and this time. And, Oh, it's my birthday. (laughs) Don't forget this. And a few things that he needs to make sure he's taken care of. But, you know, we definitely, every Sunday we kind of sit down, okay, what does your week look like? What does my week look like? And we kind of compare some notes and when is he going to be gone? And when am I going to be gone? I need him here. He needs me there. And we just kind of make sure that we're on the same page. And it's definitely a commitment and it's definitely hard at times, but you know, with the success that he has had, I think that we're doing it pretty well together.
0: Yeah, pretty good teamwork. Carrie Negro is on the line. She is the wife of uh, Jason Negro, the head coach at St. John Bosco, number two on our final uh, High School Football America rankings in 2016, one of the top programs in the country over the last five years. And um, I I was just kind of thinking as you were giving that description there, uh, maybe in the case of high school football, when it comes to taking the marriage vows, you need to throw a line in In sickness and in health, in in season and out, or maybe something like and that. And in
2: football season, exactly. <laughs>
0: something like But, I, I mean, you know, let's face it. You, you, you guys have been getting together for a while. You, you, you knew he was going mm-hmm. to be a football coach and all that. Right. How, how different was the reality of it from, you know, what you may have been expecting?
2: Holy cow. Well, we started dating when we were kids. We were 17 and 18 years old. And right away, he started coaching for Bellflower Youth. And he had the Belfar Colts and we were 19 years old when he took over and he would coach his game and I'd be there in the stands and super excited. And then he'd literally wave and he would take off and I'd call him, where, what are you doing? Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go scout. I have three other games (laughs) to watch. And these were eight and nine year olds. And I was thinking, okay. And then just, it blew up from there. It was just a year to year commitment that he did. So It was definitely something that I had to get used to and something that I think I did get used to, but you know, we, we do our best and try to maintain what we've got going and hope that it's working well for us and the girls and, that we're doing the right thing.
0: And that's the, the main thing. Carrie Negro is on the line here on right. High School Football America. Tonight, we're uh, talking about being the wife of a high school football coach, and not just any mm. high school football coach, a very successful one who's led his team uh, into the upper echelon of the national rankings year in and year out over the last um, five years. And, and you know, here, here would be an interesting question for you. Um, you know, the success we see on the field with the Braves, the success that, uh, you know, has, has trickled into all the national media outlets for the school and all that mm-hmm. is obvious. What would you say, since you've known Jason since you were kids, like you said, what is so specific about him that you think makes him a great high school football head coach?
2: Well, he is a math guy. His degree is in mathematics, which is, I don't think, common for a high school football coach or a head coach. I mean, he is a definite, there's a black and there's a white and there's X and there's Y and not very much in the middle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think for him, he's able to look at things differently. And if you're going to have a successful program, then you need to have it be X and Y, and you need to run it that way and only that way. And I think that's why he's as successful as he is, is he's able just to focus on that one thing and to get that one thing done.
0: Talking with Carrie Negro tonight. Now, you're a middle school teacher, so we got a couple of uh, a, a teachers there. And so so, so, yeah. so, so uh, what do you teach Jason? What do you, what do you teach him? Maybe not X's and O's, because I promised you we wouldn't talk X's <laughs> and O's on here. But, right. But what, Please,
2: know. What,
0: <laughs> what have you taught Jason uh, in all these years that uh, he would say, because I, I didn't ask him this question. I figured I didn't want to, you know, I, I may be on <laughs> the next interview, but do you think there's anything right. that you've taught him about himself that's made him a better high school football coach?
2: You know, when we were first dating and married, we wanted to have a family and um, we wanted to have boys. I had nephews and he had brothers and we were both teaching at Bosco. We were surrounded by boys, 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 boys. And then our first child ended up to be a girl. And not only was she a girl, but she was a girl who was born three months early. And our life literally blew up at that moment. And that was his first year as a head football coach and it was week four of that first season Uh-oh. and so we spent that entire first season in the hospital every single day and um, I think that that was probably a gift and a curse as most things like that are but it taught both of us I think that there is definitely more to life and that we have priorities that we need to make sure that we're taking care of and you know, kind of divided us a little bit as far as like my priority was definitely to take care of the family at that point in time, as far as like the children. And then his priority was to take care of us mm-hmm. to make sure that everything was going to be taken care of. And, you know, financially we had the good insurance and we had this, and he definitely had to take on that role. And then through having a second girl and having all of that happened, We are pure chaos. We are arty-farty girls. We do not play sports. We do not, (laughs) you know, participate. We don't really watch with him. And I think sometimes he's frustrated with us in that moment. But then I think it makes him a little bit more well-rounded because, you know, you you see him on the field and you see him get dumped with Gatorade. But at home, we hear him singing Little Mermaid at the top of his lungs. And we (laughs) see him dancing around to other Disney movies. And we have Disney passes and we go as often as we can as a family. And he's just a kid. So I think at home, we're able to kind of let him decompress and let him watch his football. But then when it's our time, we're doing the Disney thing and we're doing the girl thing and dance recitals and everything else. So I think we're able to kind of keep him in check and make sure that it's not just Mm -hmm. football and boys it's definitely arts and we go see Wicked and he comes with us to plays and everything else and we try to show him the other side of the world
0: well, it, you've done a good job raising him. He did tell me one night when I was texting him, I was trying to get him on the show. I think last year, and he goes, "Oh, I apologize. I was out at Disneyland with the family." So you, that's right. You've, you've taught him a little bit about how to how to decompress. <laughs> uh, I, I ought to, you know, maybe we're going to have this uh, to, to to kind of uh, turn the other page now that you've given that and, and look sure. inside of Jason. I mean, <laughs> a
2: little, yeah. I'm what, sure what he's is, not going to be happy. But oh, okay.
0: he'll be fine. I'll, I'll make sure he's fine with that. But but oh, okay, se- but seriously, um, one of the things that always amazed me about Jason and I said this to Trish I think it was last year or two maybe it's been four years we're out here I remember the first game I went to after I had met him at school and he literally stopped in the middle of a play call, or almost, or maybe the play call had ended. And he came over and shook my hands on the sideline. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, that's pretty special <laughs> that a guy would right. do that in, in, in the pressure position he's in in the Trinity League there. What, what's something else you can tell us about Jason, uh, aside from the fact that he likes to sing and, and dance to Disney <laughs> <laughs> stuff, that they, <laughs> people like may not Disney know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> Anything you can tell um, us? I mean, what, what would be something with, that people may not know about Jason Negro?
2: he he's actually a pretty good artist. Uh
0: We have a daughter
2: who is likes to draw and she draws all the time and he'll get down there with her and he'll start drawing and he really is pretty creative, believe it or not. And the other thing that he likes to create with the girls is um, (laughs) he loves Legos. Their gift to him every year is a Lego kit. And this year their gift to him was a 4,000 piece Disney castle Lego Lego set. So He really loves to just kind of create and puzzles and drawing and stuff like that. And that's totally something you would not picture. No. with him at all.
0: Nah, I had a lot of <laughs> things in my mind. I didn't come up with Legos. That's a that's a right. cool one. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Negro he's is like on the line. A, I mean,
2: he is like a little kid at home.
0: And let's fa- face it, he's coaching still in a little kid's game, right? Whenever we play sports and coach at this level, it's still the kid's game we all grew up with. Carrie Negro right. is on the line. She's the wife of Jason Negro, the head coach at St. John mm-hmm. Bosco here in Southern California. Man, I've gotten to uh, know very well over the last four years and really respect, mm-hmm. aside from what does uh when it comes to the wins and losses and national rankings and all that uh, a couple of things to wrap up here um you, you mentioned that you're not sports uh oriented so to speak um <laughs> no but so so what's it like sitting in the stands and the pressure of what your husband is doing i mean he's not coaching in some little league in the middle of nebraska right. i mean he's in one of the toughest right. leagues in the country how do you how do you deal with that pressure and, and and everything that goes with that's my husband down there that's my the the father of my kids
2: Well, I actually, you won't see me in the stands. I try not to sit in the stands. I do actually have a hard time in the stands. That is hard to hear. It's hard to hear. It's something I don't want my girls to hear. Um, I'm pretty sensitive, so that is something that I just want to stand up and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's not that kind of person, and you don't know. And, you know, I just want to stand there with my signs and my pickets and my T-shirt that says, he's a good guy or something like that you know i i really start to get kind of defensive and i actually learned that back in bellflower youth i just would always sit by myself i would say 75% of the parents and the kids don't really know who i am because i'm always off to the side i'm not the coach's wife that has the jersey or the t-shirt that has negro on the back or anything like that the girls and i just kind of support him and support yeah. the boys and we're at every single game and we're proud of everything that he's done. And we're proud of the boys every single week. And it's just, we make sure that we're off to the side and that he is doing his job and we're there to support them. So we're typically on the field or in the corner or off the stand somewhere else or in a booth or somewhere. We're not Mm -hmm. listening to, to it all and experiencing the whole thing. We're just there for dad and, you know, cheering for him and, when the girls were babies and toddlers, you know, he was the only thing they saw at these games. They would just sit there the entire game and scream for him and hi dad, and hi dad and <laughs> wave. And I, I think that's where he learned to stop what he was doing and just shake your hand, Like you said, because I would tell him, Hey, those babies are loving you. You get your butt up here and you say hi. So they always run down, even when they were infants and toddlers, and they would run down at halftime and he would give them a hug and Say hi, and they would be so excited that he stopped to see them. And I think that made him see that it is important to stop and acknowledge.
0: So, so you, ha- you, ha- that- <laughs> you have raised him very, very, and I'm going to tell him that the next time I talk to him, that Carrie has raised you extremely well. So we're going to end on a, on a-, know, <laughs> end on a high note here, which is, you know, the state championship. Uh, I didn't get to see the De La Salle game. I was back in Pennsylvania. I watched it online. I told Jason it was two it o'clock was a in the morning game and
2: it was a cold game.
0: It, well, it was cold in Pennsylvania and I, I literally thought I was going to be thrown out of the hotel uh, on the pick on the kickoff return because I was screaming at the top of my lungs. But anyway, that. that <laughs> That being said, uh, and this is probably you know we're going to meld it all together. Obviously, the championship sure. is the the cherry on the Sunday, right? We we know how you felt about Absolutely. that. But, but but blend that Absolutely. in with what he's been able to do at Bosco. He had a lot of success at Tribuco Hills before coming to mm-hmm. Bosco. But I mean, again, it's it's now national conversations each year. How proud right. are you of your husband and what he's been able to accomplish, and you have been able to accomplish as a family in this in this profession?
2: You know what? I'm incredibly proud of him. I think he has deserved absolutely everything that he has gotten thus far. And I'm excited to see what the future brings. I don't know what it's going to bring. We really don't talk about it as far. People ask us all the time, is he going to go here? Is he going to move and go here? Right now we are as happy as can be. He is loving it. He loves Bosco. You know, he has a commitment there. He has a history there. We have family there. I mean, it's just everything to us. And so... I'm just so proud of what he's accomplished. And I'm actually proud, like you said, of us, that we've been able to continue this because it's, it's not easy. And every few years, there's a different transition. You know, we have our older daughters going to high school next year. It's going to be a whole new transition for us at home as a family. And, you know, so every transition we go through here kind of adds stress to work and any transition that he feels with at work brings home. So, it's just, it is a lot of work. It is a huge commitment and I'm super proud of him. And the girls are immensely proud of their dad. And they think it's super cool that people know who his, their dad is. And I see him on TV and hear him on the radio. So I think they'll get a kick out of mom on the radio today. So I'm excited
0: for that. And that's super cool that you joined us too. And I, I think maybe the appropriate way to, to kind of wrap things up and thank you is uh, you said you guys love Disneyland. You got the passes, you go there. Yeah. But isn't there something about yeah. when you wish upon a star that, you know, hey, evidently dreams do come true. And they have there for right. you and Jason and, and the program at St. John Bosco. Thank you so much, Carrie, for joining us. I, I really do think you did a, a great service Absolutely. to all, all, the, all the fans out there that need to know there is, as you said, there's a human being uh, that's uh, standing by that man there that's making the play calls and trying to win wins and losses. Thanks for joining us and have a great 2017. Thank
2: you so much. I really appreciate everything, everything that you've done for Jason and for Bosco. You know, we, we really appreciate everything. So thank you for having me on.
0: You're very welcome. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're heading to Indiana, Carmel State Champs in 6A. We're going to talk about John Hebert and the job he's done. When we come back, you're listening to High School Football America. instant replays on a high school football sideline seriously yes the future is here with echo 1612's instant replay sideline system echo's cutting edge technology was the first to the market two years ago echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an ipad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today this nfhs approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet Coaches. You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or Internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra Bigfoot, Extra Large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi all SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razer, spelled with a U, at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a kcom forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2017, that's right, we're already in 17, uh, High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up to bring you great high school football coverage from around the nation and from specifically here in Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Well, one of the great things uh, about uh, the month of January is we get to bring on a lot of coaches that had very successful uh, Novembers and December ending in championships and uh, I can't think of a team that had more of a heart-stopping state championship win than Carmel High School outside of Indianapolis playing in one of the uh, the great conferences in the country. We'll talk about uh, the three teams that did battle this year but at the end of the year Carmel was the number one team its eighth state championship alum John Hebert the head coach uh, former defensive coordinator uh, wrapping up his second year in fine golden style and he's on the line to talk about what was a fantastic 2016 welcome to the show coach
3: thank you so much jeff really really happy to to be here and talk about our team and and uh it was a, it was a great year, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and a heart stopper at the end and overtime to win it. But let's kind of set the scene here for the listeners uh, around the nation. Uh, again, I mentioned you know the the Metropolitan Conference is just such a great one there uh, with with Warren Central and and, and Center Grove, uh, Ben Davis in there. And and let's take it back to October the seventh. You guys are four and four. Um, I'm sure at that point you can you can really taste that gold medal coming your way, right? Tell me a little bit about. <laughs> Uh, how that four and four set up the championship run.
3: Well, you know, we, we, we certainly weren't happy with uh, our, our record, but, uh, you know, when you play quality opponents, um, they're going to expose your, your weaknesses, your areas where you need to improve. And we felt like our, our team had the capability of, of playing, um, in that state championship game and, and winning, the title but uh you know we 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 set our course for steady progress throughout the season and i think uh at that time october 7th 4 and 4 we we had seen glimpses of it but um you know i i think the what we were able to do after that point speaks to um the maturity and uh the the focus of our players they um, really, uh, understood the big picture and that, you know, we, we very easily could have been, uh, seven and one, I think at that point. And, um, or even eight, no, we, we lost some close ones and to some really good opponents and, but we learned lessons along the way. And, uh, we, we continue to put stock into practicing better and becoming a, a, uh, you know, uh, focused on our teammates and, and, uh, improving what we could control and and we got healthier as the season went along and and uh, you know we made it to the state championship game against center grove and we were playing them for the second time so um, there was that dynamic of having a familiar opponent someone I think that you know we've we've played so many times over the years that uh, our kids were really motivated to go out and prove
0: people wrong John Hebert on the line tonight, head coach at Carmel High School in Indiana, uh, talking about the 6A state title this year. And, and, and you mentioned the center grove and the rematch. You also uh, you, you opened the season losing the Hamilton Southeastern. You got them in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Um, and, you know, do, do you hold things back, especially in conference, uh, that, that knowing? I mean, what are the odds? There are pretty good odds that somewhere if you go deep in the playoffs, you're going to see each other again. So how do you approach a second time? game.
3: In Indiana we're fortunate to have um every team in Indiana is going to make the playoffs due to the uh the number of of schools that that play football. So um you know with that in mind there, there's a certain degree of of treating those regular season games almost as preseason. Uh they certainly don't feel that way and you know every opportunity you're going out there and giving it everything that you have and you want to win. You want to do everything that you can to win, but you know, you're know you also trying to um, develop your football team, knowing that, you know, it's not going to be subjective. You're not going to have to be reviewed by some uh, third party for your qualifications of for the postseason. And, you know, I think it's important to, to understand that context and know that, if we stumble or have a, you know, less than successful outcome that we're going to have more opportunities. And, um, you know, we knew going in, uh, the way they do it in Indiana, we, we know who our sectional opponents are and uh, we know who our potential, uh, regional, which would be the next round and, and so on. So you kind of, you have an idea of what your path would potentially be. So, you know, you could play teams again. Mm-hmm. And I would not say, uh, in the first game that you, you, you prepare for that, you know, inevitable or, or possible uh, second, second time of playing them. But when you go back and look at that film, I think it benefits the team that did not win because um, you know, you're searching for more answers and you're looking for things that you could do differently. And I, I think the trap is when you do uh, defeat a team early on, um, you know, you, you might think, well, we, we did this and it worked and we did this and it worked. And, and uh, you might not be uh, searching for as many answers to uh, potential roadblocks because you, you, you were able to navigate it the first time. So I think uh, in our case, the two games that we were able to, you know, win the second time, we benefited from that. In fact, we had two weeks to prepare for our first round against Southeastern and so we really, really set the course for the things that, that, um, that got us the first time and things that we'd had trouble with over the year, the season. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's about daily improvement. It's about your team understanding, um, where we need to be and what we need to do to get there. And, um, you know, sometimes that, that happens quicker or, or, uh, at a more satisfactory pace than others, but, um, in this case, we were able, able to avenge those, those previous losses and uh, come out on top.
0: Talking Carmel Greyhound football tonight on High School Football America, the 6A champs in uh, the state of Indiana in 2016, number 37 in the High School Football America Top 50, which is developed with our proprietary algorithm. Uh, Center Grove right behind you at 38, Warren Central at uh, number 39 this year in the rankings. Uh, coach, and uh, y- before we get into the players here, you-, you mentioned about you know those you know being able to avenge those losses and it's about learning. Uh, I think that would be a good uh, segue into talking. About about your staff this year and the importance and the role that they played in taking you from a four and four start to a, a ten and four finish in a state championship. Get some names of the guys in there that were there grinding with you day in and day out with the kids.
3: Well, I'd start by saying that I'm so happy and proud and feel so fortunate um, to have this amazing staff. In fact, you know the the head coach gets a lot of credit, but it really any successful organization th- there are a number of people and there has to be great chemistry and people, um, with, with great expertise and a commitment to, to kids and developing relationships. And w- we really have those in place. Um, our offensive coordinator, Scott Turnquist is, uh, an outstanding coach. He, he coaches the wide receivers and he just, he did an unbelievable job taking our, our offense to, um, a really, a, a, a sense of, of, balance and, um, you know, big play capabilities, controlling the ball and, and meeting a lot of our goals, um, on first down and, and second down and third down each, um, you know, we, we've got a, gr- a great, um, offensive line, that I think was the strength of our team and, and two of our, uh, Coaches focus on that. Jason Hicks and Eric Quintana both do an excellent job, um, really working together and dividing and, and um, playing off of each other's strengths. Aaron Hahn is another offensive coach, tight ends and fullbacks, and and uh, he brings a, a lot of knowledge and and uh, passion and, and great relationships. Dexter Taylor is our uh, special teams coordinator and our running backs coach. He was a former. Uh, Mr. Football at Warren Central, and uh, he's he's definitely a team favorite, and, and um, Brock Scheidler, quarterbacks coach, and Jack Samasco, receivers coach, and uh, we actually had a, a, a coach uh, kind of on loan from the NFL, Alfredo Roberts, who played at uh, University of Miami and played for the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys with uh, Aikman, and Emmett Smith and, and those guys, he, he joined us for a year before he's getting back into the NFL, and um, his son plays at UCLA, but, but played for us. And uh, so uh, we, we, we had that added benefit. And then on the defensive side, Justin Quick, who uh, is our, our defensive coordinator and, and uh, safeties coach, and Sid Swartzendruber, defensive line, and Scott Alexander, linebackers, and Brent Ayers. Zach Jones and and uh, and Sean uh, Grady, all all just wonderful coaches, and um, and several others that that uh, were freshman coaches that helped out, and uh, it was it was just um, a real pleasure to get to work with them. I think the real defining characteristic is that uh, we don't always agree, but we do have a common sense of of purpose, and um, there is a there is a uh, a, a real uh eagerness to support one another and and uh do what 's best for the team so um I think that really filtered down to the players and so it was uh you know definitely a great fit of of people and and uh, positions and and opportunities
0: yeah I think uh, you've said it best I, I say it all the time you're the guy doing the interview right now but uh, sometimes we we try to tend to forget those guys that were there shoulder to shoulder and like you said doing you know yeoman's job so uh, that's why we always try to get get them in there John Hebert on the line uh, Carmel the 6A champs from Indiana this past season and let's go to that uh, that that heart-stopping game at the end I, I, I kind of have the notes written down here of what took place but I'm going to let you kind of set the tone for the listeners because I think there'll be a little bit more enthusiasm there you're down 10 zip I guess at the half uh you you take the lead finally at 13 10 with 46 seconds left and uh I I guess at that point you probably are ready to start celebrating can you take us from there coach I I think (laughs) you might remember what happened
3: (laughs) yeah I uh it's it's been burned into my memory uh you know we committed six offensive turnovers in the game and uh, you know, that, that was, we had three in the first half and, and we we were hoping to get that out of our system. And then we had three more in the second half and, and, uh, our defense just continued to play with so much passion. And so our offense, uh, came around and got that score, like you said, and, and we took the lead and there's, you know, under a minute to go in the game. And, you know, our defense has been playing great. And, uh, we, we <laughs> made the mistake of, of kicking a, a somewhat returnable ball to, uh, uh, not, not, not necessarily a, a, a great ball to return, but a squib kick that, uh, uh, Russ yeast, who was Indiana's Gatorade player of the year headed to Louisville. Um, but they, uh, they got the ball, uh, with, uh, about 75 yards to go and, and a couple of passes and, Uh, got them to midfield and um, we really felt like we were we were facing the last play in the game with five seconds to go they threw the ball over the middle they they uh, they completed it to to yeast Um, but somehow they ended up with a tick on the clock and uh, it it allowed them a 52 yard field goal to uh, potentially tie the game and right, as they were kicking it, I, I called a, a timeout to try and uh, let the kicker think about it for a little while, but he kicked it anyway, uh, and it hit the crossbar and was good, did not count, and so the timeout, uh, you know, gave him another opportunity, and, and wouldn't you know it, he kicked an even better kick the second time, and uh, we're going to overtime, so, uh, you know, I, we, we I think the whole place was was dumbfounded by how that happened, but uh, you know, Carmel and Centerville are our rivals. We're, we're we're not just rivals, but we're 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 our number one rival uh, for each other. And we played each other in 2008, and uh, that one was also a kind of a hard stopper. And so this was fitting. And um, Centerville got the ball first, and uh, their first play, they took it uh, nine yards down to the one and uh, on second and one, um, their player tried to dive over the goal line, and and our safety, Ben Leary, who's a junior, uh, jumped to meet him and punched the ball out of his hands, and Austin Newland, our senior corner, recovered the ball, and now it was our turn, and we just decided to kick it on first down, which Connor Coughlin, our junior kicker, um hit it that was his third field goal of the game and and uh we came out on top sixteen to thirteen.
0: Piece of cake.
3: <laughs> piece, <laughs> piece of <Yeah>. cake.
0: <laughs> no, it's and I read it. For
3: some, uh... <laughs> Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say. I remember reading it and then watching the video, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Then no better way to end the season. Depending on which side you're on, of course. But what a what a great game! No, it was it was wonderful. Let's. You mentioned some of the kids there on defense, and, and you said how how big a role they played in the championship game. Let's let's uh, you know shout out some other kids there that you feel did the job leadership wise to to take you to that state title this year.
3: Absolutely, defensively, um, you know we were a work in progress all year, but we. We really hit our stride in the playoffs and, and continued to work on, on becoming a better team defense. And, um, you know, our leaders did a wonderful job, Britt Beery, who's a, a defensive end that's headed to Indiana. Um, he, he was a great leader and hard worker and somebody that led by example. And, and uh, our, our corner, uh, one of our two corners, I mentioned Austin Newland. The other is Jacob Abrams. He's headed to Purdue. Um, just a, a fantastic young man like Britt Beery and, uh, tough kid and, and, uh, you know, somebody that was always giving of himself and, and really had a wonderful year. A lot of, a lot of big plays, a lot of deflections, interceptions and, and, uh, and, and great tackles in space for, for Abrams. And, um, we had, uh, inside linebacker, Jack Van Remortal, who's a junior, um, headed to Michigan to play baseball, but fantastic football player, Justin Fleck, inside linebacker and a team captain. Um, You know, he, he just had a a fantastic year all year long. Um, You know, not a big guy, probably 180, at most 180 pounds playing inside linebacker in our league is very small undersized, but uh, great technique, toughness, and uh, you know, just always, always sacrificing, himself to get the job done and um we had uh, a couple of sophomores play really big roles three sophomores in fact started on our defense bo robbins is on d-line and and uh joey schmidt outside linebacker and and nate fry at safety um you know they all were were uh instrumental to the team's development and and john hokinson outside linebacker senior we moved him from corner Uh, kind of an undersized guy at, at five, nine, five, 190 pounds, but, you know, very strong, very, very, uh, very um, comfortable in the weight room. You know, one of those guys that just built himself into a, becoming a a physically um, imposing player. And we moved him to outside linebacker and he, he went toe to toe with, with a great offensive line and, and tight end at center Grove. And, had uh, I think, I think seven or eight solos in the state championship game. And these were, you know, diving tackles that, you know, just plays that, uh, you know, really culminated his, his career. And um, they were, they were vital to us, you know, being able to get off the field on third down and especially with those turnovers that we committed um, and on offense, you know, it, it, we we were able to run the ball. Uh, Jerome Housel was our, our leading rusher about 150 yards. And that, that was 1100 for him on the year. Not, not a pure tailback, but just a gutsy kid that uh, again, a a great weight room guy and um, a hard worker and a a team player and all the guys up front. Uh, Our offensive line was, was so solid all year led by Mark Stickford, who's headed to Purdue and and um, Trevor Scott, our center, who's got several schools that are uh, still recruiting him. He's, he's uh, I think uh, settling in on, on uh, Butler as his final choice. And uh, Jacob Ford and Justin Williams, our two guards and Grant Barker was our tackle, our tight end, uh, Kurt Raftall, who um, he's a, he's a big time player. He's, he's got official visits to Nebraska and Iowa coming up and uh, still looking around and, and then, um, you know, our, our, our Mr. Everything, Jalen Walker, who's headed to Cincinnati. Um, you know, he, 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 was. we didn't get him the ball as much as we would have liked to in the state game, but he got us there. He was, you know, close to a thousand yards receiving and, um, you know, again, over 15 touchdowns after a great junior year too. And, uh, Ethan Merriweather, a receiver that's headed to ball state had, uh, well over 600 yards and 10 touchdowns on the season. And, you know, our quarterback, um, Jake McDonald, who's coming back to us next year as a, as a junior this year, 31 touchdowns, nine interceptions, um, 2,500 yards passing. He, he, you know, was not even slated to be the starter at the beginning of the year. We lost our senior, uh, to a broken leg. Those two were competing in week one and McDonald, uh, you know, he, he was right there toe to toe and, and, um, our senior Elliot Charleboy, unfortunately was injured. And, um, you know, but, but McDonald just continued to develop and show great leadership. And, uh, we feel, feel really good about him going forward. And I know I left out our fullback Bryce Sharp. Um, just, he's a kid that wrestles and, you know I hadn't played football in a couple of years but we got him out and um just his toughness and competitiveness and um you know he 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 willed us like uh, the Hokinson kid I was talking about on defense Bryce Sharp was that kind of kid on offense just you doing whatever it took and uh, not not seeking any credit and getting better every game and and our punter Zachary Bradley um we feel like we had a big advantage in most games with our, our kicking game, Bradley as at punter and Coughlin as I said, as our field goal kicker, Coglin kicked 15 out of 16 field goals. Um, he's an athletic and strong kid, probably a division one kicker. Um, you know, that, that, that pulled us through some tough times and, um, you know, we were able to put it all together with those guys. I know there are a lot of role players that Mm -hmm. I didn't mention, but, um, you know, this, this is certainly a, a team and a class uh, that's going to be remembered around Carmel for quite some time.
0: Yeah, and that's a good segue into the next question. By the way, folks, we're talking to John Hebert, the head coach at uh, Carmel High School, finishing his second year with a state title. Uh, an alum, you, you were there uh, during some of the other uh, championships, but not as the head coach. Uh, how sweet does it taste to be an alum of uh, Carmel High School and, and now be uh, the man that uh, led him to a state football championship?
3: Well I'm certainly proud to 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 get to be in this position and um you know two years ago when we talked I I was I was uh you know telling you how I felt like I needed to uh, to prove the decision makers are our, our administration correct in hiring me and um because they had faith in me and and uh I felt a lot of gratitude and you know to to have the assistant coaches that we have and, and, uh, and the players that, that have bought in. And, uh, I mean, I honestly don't feel, um, that it has been, you know, anything that any one thing that I've done as much as, um, trying to maintain our focus on each other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's what's led to us having the successful seasons we've had in the past. And I know that that's our formula, and um you know so I, I i'm just glad that this group of kids got to experience that firsthand and and show everybody that's going to come after that that we can do it and and it's not a far off goal and and you know the 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 way that it's going to get done is the way that we're pre- we're preaching it and uh the sacrifice and the the buy in that that's required and um but being from carmel it, it certainly is a, a very good feeling. A lot of the kids, um, you know, are now starting to come around that are, that are sons of, of, uh, former teammates of mine or, you know, people that I've known, I've been teaching in this community now for over 20 years. And, uh, my parents still live in this community and my, my, uh, my siblings and my wife's family. So, um, we've got deep roots here. And, um, so it, it, it is special to, to be a part of something that uh that works out in the end and provides young people with these
0: great experiences Very well said. John Hebert on the line, uh, Carmel High School in Indiana, outside of Indianapolis, state champs there. And uh, time to wrap up with a little look ahead. This is my favorite part because, you know, it's already, you guys are probably back in the weight room already. But uh, as you were, as you were talking about the kids there, I heard juniors, I heard a couple of sophomores, obviously your uh, quarterbacks coming back. So that's got to bode well. Can you give us a little sneak peek of the Greyhounds uh, 2017 edition? I can. And
3: I, I think, uh, you know, if, if you were to, you know, put together a balance sheet, I think, you know, we've, we've got more experience coming back on defense, um, which in this league is, is instrumental. You, you, you can't survive in this league without a great defense. And, uh, cause the offenses are just so talented and, and so well coached. So, um, you know, Robbins and, and Schmidt and and Fry will all be juniors next year. And Van Remortel, our inside linebacker, he'll be uh he'll be a senior and a and a great leader and and uh we've Ben Leary, the you know, the the strong safety that forced the fumble to to win the game in the state championship. He's coming back and um we've we've got several defensive backs that are just gritty, tough minded hardworking kids and uh and and on the defensive line a, a few others vance Routabush, jack fry will both be seniors and we're excited about their potential and and then alex smith is a guy that that was primarily a third down player for us at as a nickel safety uh, outside linebacker um cover type guy who's a, a, a very good track athlete here at carmel um, we're excited about him and, and the progress he's made. And, and on offense, Jake Jake McDonald, our quarterback, w- was such a great year. And um, we did have two running backs that were were both close to or over 500 yards. Kamari Hunt, he'll be a junior, and and uh, Will Schmidt, Joey Schmidt's brother, he's uh, a very good tailback as well. Dylan Downing is a guy that's going to be a sophomore. He's he's a special special athlete um, running back and can probably do a variety of things and um, Atticus Klaus wide receiver uh, very talented if not behind uh, Jalen Walker he would have had a, a really productive year this year but um, we're excited to see him as a senior and then we've got an offensive line as you mentioned that the weight room you know we're we're in the weight room now and I see it I see the hunger and the and uh, you know just the drive to try and and you know keep the 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 tradition of of strong offensive line play going and um we've got uh some guys that that uh have the potential to be outstanding and and a few of them with division one potential and um you know Zach Bowman is one of them and matt Kleppinger and and john van Caleb calebschafer um Sloan Goldblatt, Alex Kate. Uh, I know I'm forgetting one or two, but um, you know, I th- I think the next three or four months are going to dictate what type of a team we have in 2017, based on the progress that we make in our offseason weight program. But uh, so far, what I've seen really really looks like uh, we've got a really good chance to to hit the mark there
0: yeah and uh, like you said it's always fun in indianapolis with all those teams and their coach we appreciate you coming on the show tonight and sharing a little bit about uh, a great finish to 2016 for you guys continued success and hopefully uh, same time next year we can uh, book a date and have you back here on the show talking about the same thing thanks for joining us tonight thank you very much jeff really appreciate you having us very welcome taking a break coming back with more this is high school football america Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches... You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current, booth, and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or Internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass-playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The debris inhibitor razor comes in twenty-three colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot. Extra Large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi all-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor, spelled with a U, at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's game film breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a kcom forward slash football. All right, that's going to do it for uh, the show tonight. I want to thank all of our sponsors you just heard from. And a uh, reminder uh, that we'll be back here next week. Uh, already booked on the show is Randy Allen, the head coach at Highland Park in Texas, legendary coach there. Quarterback of his team this year, leading them to the uh, Class 5A Division I championship, the uh, grandson of the Dallas Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. So we'll have Randy on the show. Also uh, uh, thinking that we're going to have um, – the national championship coach on uh, next week's show as we uh, put a call in to uh, Kenny Sanchez, who's joined us before. So we hope to have uh, Kenny on the show and a lot of a uh, couple other guests on the show coming up next week. Uh, again, if you missed any of this show, you can listen in our archives at highschoolfootballamerica.com along with all of our shows that we've been doing since uh, July 21st of 2011. I want to thank our guest on the show tonight, uh, Jason Negro and his wife, Carrie. Jason, the head coach at St. John Bosco, the number two team in 2016 in the High School Football America Top 50. Made the announcement uh, before uh, we ended, uh, before the holiday break, before we took our little break there, that uh, next year we're going to go to a top 100 in the national rankings created with our proprietary algorithm. And we will continue to build on uh, what we did last year with our regional rankings and our uh, state by state rankings. So uh, make sure you check out all of that. Again, when we're off the air, follow us at H-S-F-B-America. That's our Twitter handle. And feel free to hit us up with any questions that you might have. And forgot to mention this at the top, the coach's job board is cracking. We've got over 200 jobs uh, currently that are listed. And I think since um, November, we've posted nearly 400 jobs. Um, So if you have an opening, please email us at jobposting at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Com. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening. For now, this is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America.